Welcome back to EV News Daily. Coming up today, 1 million UK EVs. The Rivian R2 gets a reveal date. And Volvo's EV sales continue to climb. Plus, stay tuned, because later in the show, I'll tell you what car dealers are saying about better training for their staff. I'm Martin Lee, and I go through hundreds of articles, feeds, stories a day, so you don't have to. We're live at 8am UK, that's 5am Eastern, to start a brand new day with all you need to know. And Patreon supporters get the episodes as soon as they're ready and ad-free. Be like them by clicking on a link in the show notes. Rivian is unveiling their R2 in March. That's the SUV launch date now announced of the more affordable, more economical SUV, March 7th. So we have just over a month to wait. The unveiling event will be in Laguna Beach, California, following recent filings for the event location. We now find out that is exactly what's happening there. The R2 aims to be priced somewhere between forty dollars and $60,000, significantly more accessible than Rivian's first models, the R1S, the R1T. That's the SUV and the pickup. Production of the R2, it will be in the Georgia factory, which is yet to be built, not expected to start until 2026 production. Now, last year, Rivian produced over 57,000 trucks and SUVs, including their Amazon commercial delivery vans. Despite their output, Rivian experienced some financial issues on the R1 platform vehicle. The R2's platform is designed to be much more efficient, much more scalable, much more mainstream as well. And of course, with scale comes price reductions. That's the theory, at least. More people being able to get their hands and get their bums in seats of a Rivian R2. Volvo was one of the very early ones to say, we're going all EV. I forget the year, but it made the headlines because it seemed like such a wild thing to say at the time. We're going to become an electric car business. But all these years later, things are really paying off of Volvo's foresight and early planning and the great cars they have on the market right now. Volvo celebrates 17 consecutive months of growth into 2024, led by a 17% increase in global EV sales. That was in January alone, delivering 9,200 EVs worldwide. European sales of Volvo EVs soaring by 40%. The launch of the EX30 will be Volvo's most affordable EV, starting at $35,000 in the US, 36,500 uh, euros in, in Europe, and it'll be a big sales boost, of course, in 2024. Volvo also introducing the EX90, It's their electric three-row SUV, but it starts at $76,000. And so you're up there in Rivian R1S territory and Kia EV9 and Mercedes EQS territory. But it looks spectacular. In in China, Volvo is selling the EM90. That's a minivan. And it's got a 450-mile range, according to the Chinese cycle, at least. They say it's a Scandinavian living room. And I would absolutely love one of those. I'd love to have a play in one of those, at least. But it's not going to be in Western markets to begin with. They say congratulations to all at Volvo. Brilliant results. Now, Mercedes-Benz is launching the e-Sprinter, the electric van in the US and in Europe as well. The e-Sprinter is their first electric van for the US, aligning with their goal to be all EV by 2030. It's launching simultaneously in Europe. In Germany, they make it. They also make it in South Carolina, North Charleston and committing to a carbon neutral production in those factories. Since the Sprinter was first introduced 20 years ago almost, it's had big success pretty much wherever it's sold. It's the brand's 
second largest uh, market in the, is the US. So it's a big launch in the US. And I love reading some of the big EV outlets, even the big just general automotive websites the sort of motor trends and car and drivers and Jalopniks of the world have been invited to go drive the e-sprinter. Normally they're driving either supercars, you know, or just interesting EVs. And they've all kind of made a bit of a joke about doing a test drive in a van. But then you read past the jokes of being, oh, you know, this is a, um, you know, two-seat rear-wheel drive Mercedes. And oh, yeah, but it's a van. Uh, but Actually, they're all really, really impressed with it and saying, actually, as a van, it's brilliant. Modular design, high-voltage components are always under the bonnet. The battery's under the floor, the EV motor stuff in the rear axle, and it's got two power variants. Same battery pack, though, 113 kilowatt hours, 273 miles of range on WLTP. A lot more in the city, obviously, because you're driving slower. EPA official will be in the low 200s, you would think. DC fast charge is at 115 kilowatts. But the thing is with the the Mercedes e-Sprinter, there's going to be so many businesses that know exactly where this vehicle is going to be every second of the day because that's just the way the logistics and route planning is done. And it'll probably be AC charged slowly overnight when the grid is cheaper so that uh, a lot of these businesses don't hit those peak charges that they often get hit within some countries and some markets for hitting certain highs, as it were, by pulling a big draw from the grid, even if you only pull it for five minutes or something. If you hit that big number, you get stung with big charges. And so I think these will, you know, a lot of these vehicles will be slow charged overnight when they're not being driven, even though it can DC fast charge very quickly. Let's move on and talk about a different way to get your EV in your driveway. Hyundai as I've told you about recently, did a deal with Amazon to sell their cars through the e-commerce platform. Now, there's the dealer show on in America right now, the NADA show. Uh, The dealers in the US have a very, very powerful voice. And Hyundai are there to talk to dealers about their progress in the Amazon partnership. And the CEO expressing confidence in how the vehicle selling will go on Amazon. Uh, one month into the pilot, the first vehicle delivery to an Amazon employee was made in Seattle. The pilot program involves 18 Hyundai dealers across LA, Atlanta, New York, Denver, focusing on selling vehicles to Amazon employees to begin with. But working out how it's all going to work, where you go to Amazon to go and buy, I don't know, your washing powder and whatever you need to your supplies. And, and also, oh, a brand new car as well from Hyundai. So they're working out the kinks, but they say it's going very well. Now let's talk Lucid, and they're gearing up to introduce their SUV. It's called the Gravity, by the way, and the launch is scheduled for later this year. Lucid seemed confident with the Gravity, and okay, so they haven't sold as many of the Airs, the sedans, as I know they wanted to. There is an air of confidence exuding around Lucid with the Gravity. They're obviously very, very well funded uh, because they are backed by the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund. Um, inv- fund. But there's the noises coming out of, of Lucid recently have been better than some of the pessimism around why the sales figures uh, weren't better. This particular Lucid Gravity was seen covered in uh, camouflage wrap in South Korea and posted on social media. Also seen images flying around by the uh, the car and driver editor John Volker, very famous name in EV world actually, uh, who spotted the vehicle on US shores, I think, driving around. Now Lucid does have its Arizona plant, which is being expanded, uh, but also in Saudi Arabia because of that funding. Uh, they've made 800 units of the Lucid Air so far in 
in the the facilities that they have there as that country looks to its future without you know oil. And the company aims to begin production of the Gravity SUV by the end of this year, starting price below $80,000. And again, they seem confident, 440 miles, very distinctive design. And from the people that have seen, I think there's a handful of them made in the world as, as the prototypes. Um, one of my friends, Tom Malogny from the State of Charge EV uh, channel on YouTube, he sat inside it for a good long while with Peter Rawlinson, and he says it's the real deal. The gravity looks fantastic. Now, let's talk about the Audi e-tron leading the way in January for the used car market. The quickest car to sell of used cars in January. An average sale time sitting on the lot of just 11 days. So when people go out to buy an EV, they're looking for the Audi e-tron. Not surprising. It's a fantastic car. And it's not sitting around for sale for very long. New data highlighting the e-tron's rapid turnover, significantly outpacing the second fastest car, the Audi uh, Q8. Audi models are prominent on the list for some reason in January, and five of their cars inside the top 10. Other premium brands like Tesla, Mercedes, and Jaguar, also fast-selling used cars. Uh, the e-tron sales was attributed to a price reduction, depreciation, I should say. There's a new e-tron out as well, which has helped the old one get cheaper. A significant year-on-year price drops observed for other EVs like the Tesla Model 3, Tesla Model Y, Jaguar I-Pace as well, seeing big depreciation as uh, many of you know, I recently bought a Polestar. I need to make a program, a whole podcast about why we sold the Kona and bought a Polestar. But we bought a Polestar for £24,800. Now, okay, it's a couple of years old, but this is an all-wheel drive, high-performance Polestar with fantastic technology inside it because it runs Android. Uh, it's a much it, the, the car, being a hatchback and a big boot, much more suitable for our family. The Kona was, because, again, I won't bore you, but long-term listeners know, we adopted a baby girl at the end of last year, which has thrown our life in all sorts of wonderful directions. And um, it's been fantastic. And, you know, now there's four of us. And so the, the Kona was tight. We have an original Kona before. So it is a little tight in the back. The new one's much, much bigger. So, uh, so we went for the Polestar. And honestly, that is... Uh, unbelievable value. I was looking at these cars a year ago. They were thirty-five grand, and now it's twenty-five thousand pounds. I couldn't have afforded it without this depreciation that's happened. As cars, this one came direct from Polestar, coming off lease after three years, and so whoever had it did forty thousand miles, which is reasonably high. But uh, it's in fantastic condition. It lo- it looks like a new car, and it feels like a new car. Very uh, a little wear in it, and and it's twenty-five grand. Which yes, I know. I'm not stupid. It is still a lot of money to many people, but I just think it's incredible value. Um, and and uh, I just, I snapped this one up. Now, let's talk a little bit about a huge milestone for the UK, which you heard in my headline. That'll be next. Stick around. Welcome back to the podcast. If you heard an advert, or maybe two, because you're listening to the free version, then firstly, thank you for your support just for listening to the show. Helps make a little bit of money on the advert. Also, though, if you'd like to strip out the ads and get your own private custom RSS feed, that's the little URL that you copy and paste into your podcast app, then you can do that. Uh, we have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. It is fantastic for uh, creators. Uh, they, they take, I mean, I, I'm a very early Patreon user and it's changed these days for new signups. 
but I get like 95% of the money that they just take so little for the card processing and all the organization and back-end stuff. Uh, it's fantastic for creators and allows me now to do this as a full-time job, thanks to you, the Patreon supporters. One of the benefits are you get the podcasts sooner, and also you, you get them ad-free, which is you know, hopefully cool. Now, let's talk a little bit about... Um, an issue in California where Tesla vehicle registrations were down by 10% at the end of the last year in Q4 2023. It was the first decline in California since, well, since the the coronavirus, and, and that was just weirdness. In the final quarter, Tesla sold 47,500 vehicles in California in the quarter. So, yeah, that is still, to me, at least a massive number. Uh, but yeah, it was down from 52,000. Uh, the drop comes am- amidst increasing competition. There is fantastic cars from the likes of Hyundai and Kia, Mercedes-Benz and BMW, and, and the Chevrolet Bolt is an amazing value if you can still get a new one of those. Now it's out of production. All gaining EV market share in California. So not surprising. Tesla has had, it's almost, you know, the playground to themselves, and now they're having to share the swings with somebody. And that's absolutely fine if you ask me, but obviously, as you can imagine... The old headlines, a bit doom and gloom. Look past those, and it's absolutely fine because despite the the share being down, um, overall vehicle sales last year in 2023 were up by 25% in California. So it just says there's more competition around. Now, here's the headline story, which means a lot to me because of where obviously where I live. But the United Kingdom has reached a milestone today with the registration of the one millionth pure battery electric car registered on the road. By the end of 2022, there were 674,000 BEVs. So 2023 was a mega year. And the Society of Motor Manufacturers and Traders, SMMT, anticipates that BEVs will be over 20% of new car registrations this year in 2024. A government mandate requires that at least 22% of each car maker's sales must be pure BEVs. So although our Prime Minister did kind of a bit of headline grabbing to kind of appeal to the EV haters last year and said, oh, we're moving back the ban from 2030 to 2035. Well, they didn't change because no one cares. And obviously no one's interested enough apart from me and you, because uh, you listen to this podcast, and uh, is that they didn't change the underlying law, the mandate that affects the car maker. So if you want to do business in this country and sell cars, then 22% of your fleet that you sell must be pure BEVs. And if not, big, big fines per vehicle. Is it 15 or 17,000? <laughs> My mind's gone blank, I'll find out. But it does mean that if car makers are getting towards the end of the year, September, October, November, and they're looking at their annual sales and going, oh, crikey, we're going to miss our 22% in the UK, it's going to be cheaper to give 12 grand off an EV at the end of the year than to pay the government the 15 grand for the fine. And then you can do some trading with um, credits and stuff like Tesla have done in many countries and uh, over the years. So this is, it's, it's, it's fantastic news. There's a million EVs on the road. This year is going to be huge and uh, it's just going to get bigger and bigger in the UK. So again, the headlines say one thing, the sentiment says another thing, but what's actually happening out there in real world land is that EVs continue to be on an absolute march. Now, a million EVs on the roads. Some say that there's annual savings for EV drivers of £660 million per year. And I can believe that because 
We charge on solar whenever we can. Fuel fuel consumption has been reduced by 900 million litres. That's a 2% decrease, and it's just the start of it. Uh, Fuel usage is like taking off 25,000 tanker deliveries of the road, off the roads, and it's... It's stuff like that when you put it in real-world language. Uh, this is a, a, a somebody I follow who's far more knowledgeable than myself on matters like this called Simon Evans on Twitter. And he's put some of these facts together. Recommend following him uh, because well, he is, like I say, just an authority on uh, on stuff like this. Now, let's talk a little bit about one of the things the government in the UK did today to get more Chargers out there. Again, there's so much positive news around electric vehicles. If you look past the negative headlines, the UK government today started a new incentive scheme for the deployment of EV charging stations uh, called the Plan for Drivers to support educational institutions and uh, some others as well, uh, with 75% of the cost of installing EV charge points, up to £2,500 per socket, and that was 350 previously. Uh, The Workplace Charging Scheme enhances the charging infrastructure of workplaces and educational facilities. So there's there's schools, public buildings, and things like that. Uh, You can now get two and a half grand per socket for the work, not just the charger, but also the infrastructure and things like that. There are, I've had a, I had a read of the document today. Uh, there are some, some caveats, which are all very sensible. It's got to be, there's got to be uh, five spaces, at least for EV parking. You've got to have parking spaces that are yours or at least under your control, like a long-term lease or something. Uh, but it's all very sensible. And, you know, schools' budgets are absolutely strapped, aren't they? You know, schools and all these kind of places, that they haven't got money to throw away. But if the government come in and say, we'll give you two and a half thousand pounds, per socket to introduce EV charging. Why would you not do that to put EV chargers in and subsidise that? 75% of the cost and the electrical work as well. For those hardworking teachers to dr- to recharge their cars when they're teaching during the day and hopefully at competitive rates, let's hope, but if not, at least somewhere to charge their vehicle, destination charging, all important. And this is another fantastic scheme. Uh, well done, UK government. I don't say that... <laughs> Very often. <laughs> now, UK, sorry, EV sales are surging, not just in the UK, but in China as well. January was a mega month. Huge sales in January. What is traditionally a slow month for EV sales in China um, because approaching uh, the, the new year. But despite the usual trends, uh, the January performance was was really big in China. BYD had its most successful January ever. Over 200,000 EVs delivered. Great Wall Motor was up 300%. Zika, which is Geely's premium brand, up 302%. Neo was 20% up on their January deliveries. Normally, December's very high with year-end incentives, but hey, things are going great in China. Look past the negative headlines, like I say. I mentioned that the National Dealers Association are meeting right now in the US and they introduced a new program designed to educate car salespeople on EVs within 90 minutes, they say. Uh, The training covers key consumer queries like EV charging, ownership costs, government incentives, cost $200 per individual or $500 for an entire dealership. And that is great, but I would say you can't do it in 90 minutes. And I know that they want to get this done and dusted and get the staff trained. But, you know, if you work at a dealership or a chain or you know somebody who sells cars for a living, you could always recommend them a podcast that does EV news every single day because that, that part of it is staying up to date as well. So hopefully this podcast in 20 minutes, I know lots of people in the industry listen. Uh, it's one of those things that you could pass on and say, hey, on your commute, 
little daily podcast about EVs, and now you're up to date. It's all you need to know. And so when a customer walks in, you are absolutely bang up to speed, educated, and you can do the best job for them and sell them absolutely the right car. And finally... I really want to see Aptera make it because they've failed twice. Uh, I re- it's one of those companies. There's been lots of failures around these startup companies that had so much noise around them. Many of them did big um, public listings as well through the SPACs, SPAC schemes, worth billions at one point and are now long gone. But Aptera is one of those companies that, for whatever reason, I've got a soft spot for. They might not make it. I really hope they do. That's the solar car, and it's distinctive it's a very limited audience but for the people who can afford a really funky looking space age solar car oh i really hope abterra make it uh, they filled the first 2000 production slots with their launch edition solar vehicle following some crowd funding of $10,000 per slot the crowdfunding campaign just concluded with 33 million dollars raised that is enough money they say to get the vehicles through low volume tooling and constructing the vehicles for testing and validation additional fundraising efforts are planned to transition the vehicle into a high volume manufacturing facility but look it's this is a kind of weird looking ev it's not it's never going to have high volume i just want them to make it and do it and be around in 20 years time to support those vehicles and for the owners to absolutely love 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 driving and owning them that's your podcast for today our premium partners are porsche of the village in cincinnati audi of cincinnati east and volvo cars of cincinnati east national car charging on the u.s mainland and aloha charge in hawaii Derek riley from nevo.ie who are holding ireland's first ever electric vehicle show in partnership with Bank of Ireland on Feb 17th in Dublin. Visit nevo.ie for your tickets. Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one app and one map and least plan electric moments. All the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.